previously on Myth Takes. So I've taken over the little uh, bit of the shed um, with like all of my setup of security cameras and you know my little freak shed. Well now hold on there little missy. Oh Jesus. I'm not sure where you think you're trying to go but you can't be down <laughs> about right now. We've got some sort of some sort of situation happening down this road here. So I'm gonna need you to turn this little uh, this little station wagon around and head on back. Attempt to manipulate him um, okay. into telling me what's going on with the blockade. So. Um, oh wow. Okay. So advanced on a 12 plus. Not only do they do what you want right now, <laughs> they also become your ally for the rest of the mystery. Oh hell yeah. Um, oh god. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, or if you do enough for them permanently. And she's like kind of like looking at him and staring deep into his eyes. Mm. We think there might have been a terrorist attack on the high school or some kind of bullshit, because, well, <laughs> the gymnasium done imploded, ma'am. <laughs> I mean, I, TJ, TJ's silent, kind of looking around. He doesn't, I mean, he doesn't want to... Annabelle is also silent. Annabelle is giving him the hard stare, just waiting for him to say more. All right, Riggs. Well, this has been very interesting, and I think I've seen enough. But hey, just in case I have any more questions, you think I can get your phone number? <laughs> well, ma'am, I, I thought you'd never ask. So let's get into it. So let's do a real quick recap um, of where we just were. Um, in episode two, we had quite a bit kind of go down. Um, Allie went chasing after her dad. Um, she had some sort of flashbacks to her childhood and um, kind of started to see a little bit of the, the history of the character of how she found out, you know, that she uh, was different Um and then we talked about why Annabelle um, wants to wanted to help out this gentleman, um, even though she didn't really know him. Um, and then there was a lot of kind of back and forth of sort of mistrust between Annabelle and TJ and the stranger. Um, then uh, the last two things that happened were the three of them decided to kind of actually team up. You know, there was a bit of understanding in the end. And uh, Allie has a new friend <laughs> by the name of Officer Riggs, who has um, fallen under her charm and uh, escorted her to the scene of the crime and um, even gave uh, gave her his number so that she can continue to manipulate him. Riggs, <laughs> See, that sounds my awful, very best like, friend. I know. <laughs> Uh, it's just so funny. Like I, I should probably just continue to say to charm them, but like the name of the move is manipulate it's, someone. Yes, absolutely. So I'm just like, I'm like, oh man, yeah. So she can continue to manipulate this poor, poor idiot man. Whoops. Um, whoops, a daisies. Um, and uh, yeah. Uh, all right. So here we go for chapter three of Homecoming. Oh, sorry. I guess I should actually introduce us, huh? Uh, this is Myth Takes. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, and uh, as always, uh, I am Colin Parker, and I am joined by Morgan, Whitney, and Sam. Hey. Hi. Hello. Um, so here we go. We're going to get right back into the magic of Myth Takes. Uh, Annabelle, you're having a bit of deja vu here. Um, you are... Sitting around outside, uh, outside the police station, um, trying to act sort of, you know, uh, inconspicuous. Um, you know, you're on your little heist here. Currently, you are acting as a lookout um, as uh, people are sort of kind of poking around. Uh, Mansfield and TJ are sort of poking around, looking through windows and stuff, trying to get a lay of the land. And... Being surrounded by cops here, you get lost in your thoughts for a moment, and we are transported back in time to see Annabelle at the age of seven. 
Um, one day while riding your bike around town, uh, you see a crowd gathered around your um, best friend's house. Um, what was your best friend's name back when you were seven years old? Lucy. Okay. Um, I'm going to make a note of that. Well, at Lucy's house, um, you see this crowd surrounding that house, and there's police tape. Um, and you're very curious as to what's going on. And you can see Lucy looking out of her bedroom window, very scared, very confused. Um, you're such good friends that you try to go up to the house to see her, and a police at the tape tells you, not right now, that you can't enter if you're not a part of the family. Um, so, since you're such good friends, though, you know how to sneak around back, mm -hmm. and you can enter through the cellar doors. Um, while you're sneaking around trying to find out kind of what's going on, you know, you've, you've carefully crept up the stairs, and um, you're kind of looking for an opportunity in which you can sort of sneak past everyone to get up the stairs to see your friend. Mm -hmm. And when you peek around the corner, you see a pretty grisly sight. On the ground in front of the living room TV is Lucy's father. He has a gun in his right hand and a cassette recorder in the other. On the other side of the room is, um, you know, Lucy's mom, and she's crying and talking to a couple of the police. And one of the police uh, picks up the tape recorder, and he hits the play button. And uh, you hear Mr. Kalb, that's Lucy's dad, um, say, I, I can't keep going on like this. I have nothing worth living for. And then the sound of a gunshot followed by silence. The cop says, Well, looks like we got a suicide on our hands, boys. Uh, what do you do? Yikes, at seven, I don't know. Um, this is Lucy's very first mystery. Yeah. I, I mean, I think... I think that her, her first move would still be to... Get, find her way to Lucy. I don't know if there's like a second set of stairs or if she just waits till everyone sort of is looking the other direction and runs upstairs because I feel like she would ha feel like her friend Lucy has the best um, rundown of events. Like she could trust Lucy more than she could trust anyone else about what's going on. So I think that sure, would still sure. be her first move is to, is to try and sneak her way up to Lucy's room. Sure. So um, while people are sort of distracted and sort of talking about fact that they believe this to be a suicide um people are not looking at the entryway to the cellar um and so you just sort of sneak out and you rush past the doorway and up the stairs before anyone can see you and lucy is in her room and she's crying so i would go over to her and, and ask her if she saw what happened no I wasn't home when it happened. We, I was, my, you know, my big sister, she took me to swim practice. And then when we came home, no one, no one was here. And, and when we turned on the lights, daddy was on the ground. Did you, did you see anybody else here? No. Well, it. It looks like he's, it looks like your dad is dead. Um, and it. That's what mommy said too. The police think that he did it to himself. But. Well, th that doesn't make any sense. Daddy would never do that. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense to me either. Can you think of any reason why somebody else would want to hurt him? Well, I mean. He and mommy were getting in a lot of fights recently. She kept saying something about, um, she kept saying something about his secretary, that he was spending a lot of time with her whenever he was going out on trips. Hmm. Um, I don't know. I thought, I thought that Mrs. Castile was very nice to us. <coughs> um... Were you, when you came home, did you come home with your mom? 
No, my mom came home about five minutes later. Hmm. I think maybe at this point Annabelle would sneak back downstairs to see if she could suss out any clues or anything downstairs. Sure. Um, so, uh, so uh, you know, a lot of this 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 uh, world that we build, right, is built around sort of almost as if you're looking at it like a TV show, mm-hmm. right? Um, but um, in this one moment, you know, we're sort of getting into the inner workings of your character's mind, right? Annabelle's mind. And so, you know, it's a little bit like a video game in a way where time sort of freezes or or kind of comes to a very, very slow, slow situation, right? And you're sort of able to think back on all the clues that you have so far and you're able to sort of look around and sort of, you know, in your mind's eye sort of thing, you're able to wander around the room freely and -hmm. and look at things and and everything like that. so, uh, as far as, um, clues in the room, the only two things in the room of any major, um, like, uh, importance are the gun and the tape player. Does the cop um, still have the tape player in his hand? No, it is, um, it's back where they found it. Um, so it could be, you know, it was photographed and they, they listened in and then they put, they, they rewound the tape back directly to where it was when he hit play. Okay. So yeah, I mean, that was, that was my first inclination was that Annabelle would go and rewind further back to hear what was happening before he hit play. The beginning of the tape is the exact moment that they hit play. Okay. It is the exact moment that they hit play. Yep. And then they, did they stop? Was there more tape after they hit stop? After the silence? No. I will let you... Let's see. Why don't you... um, Why don't you roll plus sharp? um, And I can give you another hint. Okay, yeah. Alright, so that is, uh, unfortunately, a six. Okay, and that's not with any pluses or anything like that? No, it's five plus one sharp. Okay. Um, hmm, okay. So, let's see. What's something that I can say that's, like, the least amount of helpful? Because <laughs> I, 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 the thing is, like, I want to still give you something. Right. Um, but well, like, and I'm also I, having a hard time balancing what uh, Annabelle would do as a seven-year-old versus what right. I would do to, like... Because I know Annabelle at seven years old would not have any idea what to do with a gun. Right, 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 right. Um, I will, okay, I will tell you this, um, the, you, Annabelle is, even at the age of seven, you know, again, this being her first little mystery, she is, she can deduce that everything that she needs to know can be found on that tape player. Okay. That's, and I think that's a pretty good thing to say because, like, that's still the hardest way that I could tell you that information uh-huh. without giving you, like, a a almost beating you over the head with it sort of thing. Yeah. Um, And so, real quick, just before I sort of ask you if you know the answer to this little mystery. Uh-huh. Uh, and, th- and that's the other thing, is that you may not solve the mystery. This may just be your first mystery and it haunts you to this day. Uh-huh. Um. But I will give you all the clues one last time. So, um, your friend Lucy was at swim practice and her older sister brought her home. Mm -hmm. There was no one else in the house and her dad was already on the floor Mm -hmm. um, dead. Their mom came home just a couple minutes after them. Mm -hmm. The mom and dad have been fighting a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, The mom has been sort of accusing him of cheating. And... Uh, when they picked up the tape player, the first thing they did was hit play. And what they heard was, I can't keep going on like this. I have nothing worth living for. And then the sound of a gunshot. And that's where the tape ends. Mm-hmm. And they believe that it looks like a suicide. Yeah, I think that Annabelle... I think she would flip the tape over and see if there's anything inside, too. Um... So at this point, so I'm going to, uh, so people were kind of out of the room and, you know, cops aren't really paying attention, I guess. Uh, I mean, again, it's a small town. 
no one's ever really expecting people to be running around inside crime scenes mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, you flip over the tape, and it is blank on that side as well. And the tape itself doesn't have anything on it? Like, written on um, it? Uh, no. It's just a blank... Um, oh, man, now I can't remember. Single name of a cassette brand. Um... I was gonna. I was gonna be. I was gonna be really smart and clever and just like list out a quick. Like it's a JVC. There you go. It's mm. a little JVC yeah. cassette. That's all you see on it. Mm. Um, and at this point, just to move the story along, uh, I will say, I'll give you maybe thirty seconds to see if you can figure out the answer to this little to this little puzzle that I've given you. Mm-hmm. Mm. What kind of tape player is it? Um, just a normal cassette, like a like a kind of like a Walkman kind of thing, okay. you know. But like you know, those ones that like you know you can record and play stuff on. Yeah, yeah. Was it near his hands? Uh, it was in his. It was other in his hand. hand. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I don't know. So, here's another question: Do you want? me to tell you the answer now or do you want it to at some point come back to you in some sort of other flashback like as you like reconsider it and some other later on episode i would rather have it come back later if it can okay (laughs) i can do that all right um all right and so uh unfortunately um you know you uh, at the age of seven this mystery is a little bit above your pay grade (laughs) um and so you sneak out, um, but not before giving Lucy a hug. Um, and then you uh, leave. Uh, you, sl- you slip back out through the back and you go home. And this mystery sticks with you even to this day. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, and it, this mystery was the first time that you started to um, kind of have you know, ideas of, like, for lack of a better term, conspiracy theories, right? Right. You knew that something <laughs> something was happening there, and it just wasn't right. Something yeah. was not... It didn't didn't add up. Right. Something didn't add up, and yet the police were so willing to just write it off. Yeah. Um, and that is the reason why you got into going after these conspiracy theories, finding something where things don't add up, and then you saying... There's something bigger at you know bigger at stake here. Mm-hmm. There's something much larger at play, mm-hmm. um, and that is one of the reasons that makes you you. Um, and so now we are back in the real world, not real world, but in in uh, in the current day of of the situation. Mm-hmm. And TJ, mm-hmm. you are sneaking around, and you're looking through a window with the stranger, and he says to you, all right, now look, I know that you don't like cops just as much as I don't, right? Mm -hmm. So here's what I'm thinking. Do you see that doorway right over there? Uh, yeah. That is the evidence lockup. Now, I've been watching this, you know, guy who is in charge of it for the last 10 minutes here, and he has not been locking up the room every single time someone enters and exits. He is just sitting there reading a magazine. It looks like maybe a... Oh, my God. Is that a Cosmopolitan? Mm. Well, I guess whatever floats your boat. I'm not, I'm not here to yuck anyone's yums. You know what I'm saying, son? Um, now, here's, here's how we can do it. I need to get in there, and I need to find my blood sample, and I need to dispose of it. Would you rather run interference while I get in there, or do you want me to run interference while you sneak in and get it? Uh, why don't you run interference and I'll sneak in and get it? Okay. Sounds like a plan. Just follow my lead. Um, and so you two enter into the very busy, uh, police, uh, station. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a, j- a lot of hubbub going on because, uh, well, a situation like this has never happened in this very quiet town in Kansas. Um, you know, uh, Captain Carl Spiffy, um, that is the, uh, the, the, the police captain, and he is standing in front of a board, and there's a whole bunch of pictures, 
And a little bit like that scene in It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, there's a whole bunch of string going off to all these oh, different sure. things. And, yeah. he's, and he's also trying to piece it together. And like, look, again, not everyone in this town is, is you know, some dumb person. You know, again, it's a very quiet town and not, not a lot happens. So it's not that these people are dumb. It's that they've never dealt with something like this before. Right, right. Um, and so some of the pieces of, of string are clearly pointing to things that make sense. But then some of them are just sort of going off to a bunch of question marks on post-it notes. And some of them are clearly just sort of dangling string as he's not sure what it connects to yet. And he's talking it over with a couple other officers. And um, he's, uh, you know, not really paying any attention until uh, the stranger walks in and says, all right, now, hey, everybody, hey, 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 I know that y'all have got a lot going on, but I've got a small bit of a situation here. And uh, they're all like, oh, okay, um, what's going on? He, and you're like, I don't mean to be a whistleblower, but the gentleman in the back of the room there, um, and he points to the guy that's in front of the lockup. Um, Reading Cosmo. Mm-hmm, he says, I saw that man steal that Cosmopolitan magazine. And I'm look, I know that y'all are the law and everything, but I just don't think that anyone should be above the law. Um, and so he goes, oh, oh my God. And so he, he calls him over and he says, um, let's see, what's his name? He calls over, um, Jeremy, get over here. And Jeremy walks over and he's like, uh, yeah, 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 yes, Captain. He's like, all right, look, I don't know what's going on here, and I want this situation under control as fast as I can. This man here says that you stole that Cosmopolitan magazine, and what have I told you about reading that garbage while you're on the job? Well, look, uh, and so while everyone's arguing and getting mm-hmm. into it, uh, currently everyone has kind of stopped what they're doing because now the captain is yelling at Jeremy, and let's all be honest, people kind of love when people yell at Jeremy. Jeremy hmm. is, unfortunately, Jeremy was only put on the force because he's the mayor's son. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jeremy is not very good at his job. And so everyone really kind of likes the moments where the captain is yelling at Jeremy. Sure. And Jeremy's starting to get a little mad. Mm-hmm. And so Jeremy's like, I do not steal. Hey, hey, you better take me seriously. And he pushes the captain. Uh, I mean, as soon as he pushes the captain, I mean, I'm going to... So is the window open or are we just looking through it? Uh, You are now inside. Like you've... Or you were sort of hanging around the... um, Hanging around like the front of the... Yeah. uh, Precinct there. And I went in with with the stranger. Right, right, yeah. Okay, You guys look like you were sort of separate, but you know, you've been sort of off standing to the side without, you know... Looking at like pamphlets for like dare and stuff like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so, and so, so here's what I'm gonna do. Here's yep. the play. Uh, yep. I'm gonna yell. I'm gonna like yell. Uh, I'm gonna open the door also uh, a little bit. Uh, and here's what I do. <laughs> World star. <laughs> and then I run for the evidence locker. <laughs> okay. So as you're running to the evidence locker, uh, about thirteen. Teenagers who are off wandering the streets um, Hell uh, of yeah. Main Street are like, what? Oh, my God. And they all come running to the thing, and they're going, cop, fight, cop, fight, cop, fight, at the top of their lungs. Um, and yes. one of the guys is going, fuck the police. I said, fuck the police at the top of his lungs. And now it's a whole scene, right? Um, a couple yes. of different cops are trying to hold back Jeremy. Captain Spiffy's doing fine. Captain Carl Spiffy, mm-hmm. he's doing great. Um, but he's just sort of like, everybody, everybody calmed. I said, everybody calm down. And, but of course, no one's listening to him. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you rush to the back where the door that Jeremy has left unlocked is unlocked. And you are awesome. now standing um, in the middle of an evidence locker. What do cool. you do? So the first thing I do um, is I'm going to absolutely look for my name first because I'm sure I've, I've gotten like... I like Jer, Jer, fucking Jeremy picked me up for like skating, like a skating misdemeanor. 
Like, I was, like, <laughs> yeah. longboarding or something, and he didn't like the way I was looking at him, or I, I, you know, I probably flicked him off while skateboarding, and he, like, took me in. So, I'm gonna t- I'm pretty much going to grab my own file or whatever they have on me first. Okay. Uh, and then, then, um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to use my move, oops. And that move, uh, just to remind everyone... Uh, allows me to stumble across something important and useful, although it's not necessarily related to my immediate problems. Uh, so it, this is the order I'm going to do it. I'm, I'm getting my own file. I'm going to try and find whatever they have on me. I'm going to use oops uh, to find something else. And then I'm going to grab what the stranger wants. Okay. Uh, the blood snail, um, rather. All right. One second. Let's do this. Um, let's do... Okay, yeah. So for oops, does that does that have a roll on it? No, no. Oops is automatic. Oops is automatic. Okay. I, mean, you, I wasn't I, sure. If I'm, it was I'm like, assuming I have to act under pressure to like grab all this shit, right? But yeah, yeah. Because that that was that was sort of my question. I was thinking like you know maybe for oops it was like you know if it's pertinent to what you need like that's like a seven to twelve or whatever. Not seven. Sure. 12, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, no, no. Oops is oops is pretty much just like you get to go hog wild with it and give me whatever you feel you want, regardless sure. of how useful or not it is right now. Sure. Okay. So you find so first you're you know you're you know quickly looking through the filing cabinets. Um and you find Sanderson, okay, and then you find TJ. Well well now here's a question. What does uh-huh. TJ stand for? Oh, uh, Thomas John, Tommy okay. John, which is which is funny because he's on the baseball team, but mm-hmm. uh, that's kind of why people were poking fun at him. He was gonna be a pitcher, uh, but then you know he couldn't do that. People started making fun of him. Oh, Tommy John, whatever. And then uh, so now he's a shortstop and he goes by TJ. Okay, um, so he's looking through and he finds uh, Tommy John. Sanderson or Sanderson, comma Tommy John, um, uh-huh. and he finds his. You find your file. Um, where are you going to put your file? Uh, I mean, I'm assuming I'm just going to kind of like tuck it into my my pants, fold it up, and like put it in my back pocket or something. There we go. Yep, very like Back to the Future esque to me. Um, mm-hmm. And then the thing that you're going to stumble across is, let's see, something that isn't necessarily pertinent now. Okay. Um, you stumble across, um, a, a, um, an amulet. You're, you're poking Ooh. around and you're looking through boxes and you see, you know, you see some stuff that you think is related to, um, the current mystery that you're investigating. Um, and you, cause you know, it's in boxes that just say Wichita Avenue. Sure. Right. Yeah. Um, and so you're, you're, you're like, okay, that, the school's on Wichita, maybe it's in one of these boxes, and in it you find an amulet. Um, it is, um, not, like, huge, but it has a symbol on it that you have never seen before in your life. Mm -hmm. Um, and as you pick it up, it feels almost as if it, not exactly vibrates, but there's definitely, like, it definitely has almost this response to the fact that you are now holding it. Okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'm going to keep that. Um, okay. Um, and uh, so you put that in your pocket um, mm-hmm. and you keep, you know, uh, looking through boxes until you find um, the box from that says Wichita Avenue. Uh, underneath that, it says um, Westlake Gymnasium. Uh, and there's three boxes there. Mm-hmm. The second box says uh, Blood Spatter. Okay. What are the first? Um, what, what do the other two say? The first one is rubble, debris, um, okay. you know, like, like little little pieces. Uh, the second box is DNA, and the okay. third box is just um, nothing but, like, documents on um, things like, uh, what's it called? Um, like, witness statements and stuff like okay. that. Okay, cool, cool. Awesome. Um, uh, shit, it's TJ. Um, well, here's, what, here's what's going to happen. Okay. Uh, I'm taking the whole box. Um. Uh, I'm going to take the whole box and I'm going to try to like pull my hoodie like over my head, try and be as unrecognizable as I can um, and just bust ass out of there. So um, 
Okay. I'm assu- again, um, I'm assuming you're going to make me act under pressure on that. I absolutely am. Okay, so, um, yeah, so uh, act under pressure for me. Do roll, right. roll one of those. Oofa doofa, let's go. All right, that is a uh, six plus cool, and I think yeah, my cool is one, so that is not a failure, so but it is a mixed success. Um, okay. Worst outcome, hard choice or price to pay. Okay. On your way out, um, even though this fight has been happening, it's starting to calm down a little bit as, Uh um, the captain starts to, um, starts to sort of, uh, what's the word for it? He, you know, he's, he's starting to get the bullpen back, you know, back under, under order. Okay. Um, now you have already noticed that the stranger has already dipped. Uh, once he got the fight started, he <laughs> just left. He dipped out of there. All right. Cool. Yeah. Got, I mean, you know, he's Thanks. also injured. He doesn't want to get hit himself. Um, yeah. And so um, now you are walking out, and all right, you have here. Here is your choice. You sure? Um. You, I, uh, sorry, someone says, hey, you there, stop. You with the box. Hey, everyone, it's Colin, your keeper, your pod boss, and your personal driver. Beep, beep, get in. We've got to go shopping. Uh, and we're going to go shopping for for Sigmatic. Uh, because beyond the Portobello, uh, an entire kingdom of mushrooms exists, uh, many with amazing health benefits for immunity, energy, and longevity that have been studied for centuries. Four Sigmatic believes in the real magic of functional mushrooms like reishi, chaga, cordyceps, and lion's mane, as well as uh, other superfoods and adaptogens like rhodiola, ilithro, I think I, I've somehow forgotten how to say that word, and shisandra, to help us live healthier, more enhanced lives. Um, Four Sigmatic not only offers mushroom coffee blends, but hot cocoa, elixirs, superfood blends, and matcha tea too. Um, so the best way to enjoy Four Sigmatic products is to blend them with a cup of hot water and your favorite nut milk or simply mixing them into smoothies and shakes. And you can save 10% on your entire order by entering the promo code SCAVTRUFFLE at checkout. Um, I'm a, I'm a fan of, of the Four Sigmatic thing. I actually haven't tried their coffee yet, even though I have um, some grounds from them here. I still haven't tried it, but I have tried the hot cocoa, and I can say that it is quite delicious. Um, so I am all about it. Um, real quick, let's get one more in before we hop back into the swing of things. Let's talk about one of my favorites here, which is Skillshare. Skillshare is an online learning community with thousands of classes in design, business, technology, and more. Anyone can join the millions of members in our community to learn cutting-edge skills, network with peers, and discover new opportunities. For just under $10 a month, you can get access to thousands of Skillshare classes taught by the world's best teachers in all of the amazing categories that Skillshare has to offer. Each class has a project so you can put your new skills into practice, and you can share that work with other community members around the world. Um, And since you're a listener of the Scavengers Network, you'll get two months of free classes if you go to bit.ly slash skillscav, S-K-I-L-L-S-C-A-V, skillscav. Skillshare, that's the skills you need to succeed. Um, I'm definitely a big fan of Skillshare. I've taken, uh, I think, like six or seven classes now at this point. Um, I can't remember if it's if I finished number seven or if I've, I'm starting. I'm about to start number seven, um, but I'm somewhere in that range. Um, taking a whole bunch of cool little courses and all sorts of different things on some video editing stuff, some audio related stuff, a marketing thing. So you know they have plenty of different things that you can pick and choose from. Um, so I definitely suggest going to bit.ly/skillscav, all one word and all lowercase, to get your two free months of classes. It seems like this is going to be the penultimate episode of this arc. So what we're going to do is is next episode will be the kind of boss fight and finale of this portion. 
And then we will uh, be coming back for another arc with a different crew. Um, and we will come back at some point uh, after the third group of people have met and gotten through their origin stories. Um, and we will do some sort of uh, kind of like what the McElroys do in the Adventure Zone. We'll have our own version of sort of a lunar interlude, interlude in there to sort of prepare people to get back out into the field, get new equipment, all sorts of stuff, level up, all those things. Um also, before we head back into everything, just so you know, within the last, I think, maybe two months at this point, um, maybe it's only been a month. I have to double check the numbers there. But basically, within just a few weeks of each other, we've had three different um, podcasts from our network appear on another podcast. Um, so Subverted Tropes, which is run by Daniel Spencer and Kate Harlow. Um, Harlow? Harlow. Oh, boy. I've only heard the intro like 25 times. Anyway, uh, they they uh, run Subverted Tropes, which is a show about talking about the tropes that you find in movies and people talking about their favorite movies. Um, just this week, uh, I was the the guest and I talked about 21 Jump Street. And then Jordan and Lindsay Reed of Spooky Spouses were on the week before that. And then the Nelson Sisters were on a few weeks before that. I don't remember how many weeks before that it was, but... They were there. So you can go kind of hear uh, some of your favorite Scavengers Network folks talk about their favorite movies at Subverted Tropes. And I wanted to give them a little shout out, especially because they are also so very good to us here on Myth Takes. Um, now, as far as the next episode goes, this is coming to you on the 19th. Um, so that means that our next episode is dropping for you on August 2nd. So we will see you then. And for now, let's get back to Myth Takes. Hey, you there, stop. You with the box. And you freeze in your... In your... in Where, where you're at, and they say... Yeah, yeah, I think I, um, I would, if, if, if nothing they, else, just by instinct. Right, and they say... What do you have there? Um, and you can either throw the box at them and run, or you can take the the um, the the thing that you just put in your pocket, the pendant, and toss it before you run. Like uh, basically, whatever you're going to do, you're going to toss something to again distract people for you to make it out of that door. Um. Oh shit! All right. Um. <sighs> and both can, are gonna. Can have... I do? You know what? Okay, no, no. It's TJ. I can't. I can't be metagaming this. It's TJ. Fuck the box. Like, I, yeah. I, 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 I throw. I, I like. It's for a school project, and I, uh, I, I throw the box down on the ground as hard as I can, um, to try to try and get the vials to at least break and mix so that you know so that it's not a complete loss right um but yeah okay so you pick up the box and you just like you pick it above your head and you smash it onto the ground and you hear the sound of you know crashing glass um and you take off running Mm -hmm. Um, you blow through the door and you run past Annabelle, who is the, you know, the lookout and, um, you give her kind of like a knowing nod of like, we'll meet back at the, uh, at the freak shack, <laughs> though I know you hate that name, but yeah, 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 know, yeah, yeah, you'll meet back at the freak shack as, uh, you are being chased on foot by a couple, just two, un you know, unhealthy, uh, police officers. Yeah. Uh, and the stranger is also still nowhere to be seen. Okay. Um, um, cool. Allie, it is the next morning. Um, you have stopped for the night at, um, at a motel in town. Mm -hmm. Um, what motel do you stay at? Is it like a hotel six or is it like, I mean, or you can even make one up. I don't care. You know what, but where, where's the place that you're staying at? Um, it is, it is a motel six because, okay. I'm feeling nostalgic. I haven't stayed in one of those in like 8 million years. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, so you're in your Motel 6 room and uh, you have tried calling your dad probably one, once or twice every hour. Yeah. 
uh, ever since you've gotten to the hotel room. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been hard for you to sleep. And uh, he's not answering. And in fact, his phone has by now gone dead. Mm-hmm. It just immediately goes to voicemail. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you do? Um, okay, so, I mean, the trail just feels like it just went cold. So, I am, I guess I get up, you know, I go check out, um, and decide to, honestly, just go grab some food or something. Because I didn't sleep at all last night. I need a little bit Mm -hmm. of energy before I hit back on the road. Um, and so I'm going to go try to grab something to eat somewhere. Sure. Um, and that is going to be a Taco Bell, since that's what we were talking about earlier. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, sure. For those great naked egg breakfast tacos that I have definitely not tried, but um, have heard of. <laughs> I want a munch. All right. Anyway, so squat. Oh, dun, chugga, chugga, dun, chugga. All right. Uh, there you go. Welcome to a different podcast. Than a podcast um that is not ours so tm 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 to the McElroy's. um so okay so you are uh chowing down on your taco bell your your naked egg taco um and you are just about done when suddenly from outside of the window like kind of like just on the other side of the wall that you're sitting on uh-huh. um sitting at you hear muffled in the distance and all of a sudden there is a whole bunch of just like yelling and chattering and a whole bunch of a hubbub going on okay um and uh so what do you do um i go check it out so you walk uh out of the taco bell and there is across the street from you the uh russell kansas police department Mm mm-hmm and there is a bunch of teenagers standing by the doors and kind of poking around the corners. And they're all yelling and chanting. And in that moment, you see a gentleman in a suit push through them and hit the street. He says something to a girl standing uh, just kind of like outside who doesn't seem to be all that interested in what's happening behind her. Mm-hmm. He says something briefly to her, and then he jogs off um, down the street in the general vicinity of um, the uh, Russell Library. Okay. Um, I think she is going to let her instinct take over because there's something not right about that, and there's something not right about this whole situation, and how could there possibly be two completely unrelated fishy things happening in this town at the same time um right. so she gets in her car to follow the guy do i have to roll anything for that um no i mean this so far there's not anything like tough okay sweet to do um so you know you get in your car and she's, and, she's uh, not trying the... to be sneaky about it like she doesn't care she's like i'm right, right, I'm right. Just going to follow you right now <laughs> right um and so you follow him and he is sort of jogging down the road every now and then sort of lightly touching his side and sort of slowing down just a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, And then he stops in front of the library, turns and looks to the left, looks to the right, looks across the street and your eyes meet for a brief moment Mm -hmm. before he ends up walking in anyway. Okay. I'm going to follow him in. Okay. Um, in the library, uh, there is, you know, it's very hushed, very quiet. Um, there are a whole bunch of, well, you guessed it, books uh, <laughs> sitting on top of a whole bunch of uh, wooden shelves, very elaborately made, um, nicely polished. Um, there is a sort of center aisle that goes between the, to the two different um, kind of rows of books. Um, to the left is all of the fiction. To the right is all of your nonfiction. Um, in the dead center, there is the information booth. Um, and in the back are things like periodicals and computers. Um, you do not see the man. Mm. Um, what do you do? Um, okay, so I'm going to 
kind of walk towards where the computers are because usually there's like also tables for people to look at the books near there um and just kind of like peeping down every aisle i can like as i'm walking towards the back where the computers are at okay um so as you let's see one second let me um why don't you do um No, you know what? Actually, for right now, we're we're okay where we are. Okay. Um, so uh, I was gonna have you roll for something, but that actually will come up in a little bit. Sure. Um, so you are walking towards the back, and you hear a very kind of like um, quiet sound uh, from behind you, and suddenly there is into. Pressing into your back some sort of nuzzle. Great. Uh, not nuzzle. You know the word I'm trying to say. Yes. Um, and just very quietly, uh, a voice saying, I, I ain't going to harm you. Just keep on moving. Keep on going back towards the toward the back here and uh, sit down at any of the computers. Doesn't matter which. Okay. Um, are you going to do that or what are you doing? I am going to comply and I'm just going to kind of like put my hands, not hands up, but like hands by my waist kind of up showing like there's nothing in my palms. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. but also enough to kind of show off that her hands are not normal either. Um, and then she kind of like says over her shoulder, like, what were you doing at the police station? Uh, and he says to you, all right, well, look, just just keep it calm. Keep it quiet. We are in a library after all. And when we get back to those computers, we'll have we'll have we'll have our little conversation. So you guys move towards the back and you sit down at a computer and he, you know, sits at the computer next to you and puts whatever he had, you know, slowly back into his pocket, uh-huh. his jacket pocket. And he says, you're not from around here, are you? I'm from near here. I, no, I, I'm, I'm not sure if you understand what I'm saying. <laughs> You're not from around here, are you? Well, I mean, I grew up in California. Okay, well, I guess if that's how you want to play this, that's fine. I understand more than I think you probably know. And I can tell you that I know that you are not, well... You appear human, but I know when something ain't what it says it is. She just kind of glares at him. Now, I can tell you while I was in a police department and uh, why I was running out of it. Or I could not. Kind of like how you're not telling me about your situation. But here's how I see it. You saw me walk in here and you followed me. You found me. There has to be a reason for that. In my line of work, there's just, mm, there ain't no such thing as coincidences. I don't necessarily believe in destiny either, but I do believe that when the time is right, things just sort of fall into place. Especially when the world is sort of falling to shit around you. And as someone who is not exactly of the human persuasion, I'm sure that you can feel that there is a shift happening around us. Well, listen, I'm not stupid either. Something weird happened over in Selena, and something weird happened here, and people don't just run out of police stations when other weird things are happening. So I need to know why you're here and what you're looking for. Because I think maybe you can help. I'm also here because of something weird. The thing that... Hmm. What was the weird thing that happened in your town? Well, my father has gone missing. Hmm. Another man missing. Another? And this, and this, and this happened within the last, let's say, week or so? He got taken last night. Huh. Did you see what took him? I... Or, sorry, did you see who took him, I guess? I might have. 
you said it was weird though. So I'm assuming that this uh, this captor may not exactly have been of human persuasion either. I think we're starting to understand each other. I believe we are. Listen, I've got to find a couple things here, but uh, if you're willing to stick around, I think you should come with me. I need help. Do you think you can help me find him? Mm. Well, look, I ain't going to make any promises. Because if it's already been, you know, more than 12 hours, our chances start to get slimmer every time, but with every hour. But we will do what we can. She holds out her hand. All right. Well, in that case, my name's Allie. Well, it's about time someone finally introduced themselves. It's nice to meet you. I'm Dr. Hank Mansfield. Uh, And now we're going to cut back over to... The Freak Shack. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love that every time we say that word, everyone laughs, and you just hear Sam go, oh, okay. It's the best. Good. Like, oh. <laughs> yep, that's that's what we're calling it, Freak my, Shack. My only, my thing about that is, you know, having family and, you know, pretty much a second home in Atlanta, the only thing I can think of for the Freak Shack is the Freak Nick. And and and, sa- and weird sex stuff. Oh, so uh, anyway, yeah. just no, just no, to I explain why I'm going. Mm, mm-hmm. But see, what I think is sure. weird about that is that that probably also shows the difference between TJ's mind yeah. uh, and Annabelle's mind because mm-hmm. you're like freak. Oh, good lord! And she's like, what? Like there are freaks out there. You're like, yeah. no, I know. And she's like, yep. no, I'm no, I'm saying that there there there's freak. There stuff that's out there that's that, that's freaky, and you're like, oh, yeah, oh yeah, I freaky. I've yes. seen the internet, mm-hmm. you know. But you guys are both on that totally different term there. I love it. Love it's very it. good. So, um, it is now about an hour afterwards, and uh, after all of the 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 stuff that's been kind of going down, and uh, in walks uh, Dr. Hank Mansfield. Um, and his new friend, uh, Allie. And he uh, says, all right, uh, I think maybe it might be time to sort of introduce uh, this newcomer here. I know that I'm bringing someone different into your sort of domain. Uh, but, yes, um, that is factual. But, uh, Allie looks yes, thoroughly but- uncomfortable right now. Oh, I trust me. I believe that we are all uncomfortable. I, d- I didn't mean to. I don't mean to say that in the accent. Sorry, I meant to say I'm sure that all of our characters are very yes. uncomfortable right now. Um, mm-hmm. And he turns and says, "But, but just, just trust me on this one. There's, there's a reason why she's here, and we'll, we'll know it in due time. But, Annabelle, I'm going to need a little bit of your investigative knowledge here." Mm-hmm. What kind of, mm, in this town, in this area, has there ever been any kind of weird occult sort of shindigs happening? Well, I feel like there's weird occult shindigs happening all over the place. They're just usually not just about uh, weird occult shindigs, but I can do some, some Googling and see what I can find. All right. Well, here's what I need to, to figure out. The type of creature that we're going up against right now, they are not exactly of this world, and yet there is something that grounds them here on our world. There's something occult about them, but it, at the same time, it's also very, very holy. These creatures are known as guardians of you know, of the holy religious world. And there's a reason why you see them all throughout history and on many different buildings. I need you to see if you can find anything about that. Um, and after a little bit of Googling, you find an article um, about something that happened in the uh, Kansas Plains um, about five miles outside of town. About nine years ago, mm-hmm. uh, you find an article about a 
church that uh, was burned down to the ground where most of the built, like part of the building is still there because part of it was built in stone, right? Um, but uh, after the um, fire, um, there, you know, they rebuilt closer to uh, the city and now it is just a couple blocks um, just on the outskirts of town, um, uh, you know, as they've rebuilt and restarted this church. Um, but, uh, this did happen while you guys were, were young. Do either of you, TJ or, um, uh, or Annabelle, do you guys remember anything about this? Uh, I mean, TJ would probably be vaguely aware of it. Um, but just in the way that like, oh, you know, I remember the construction as a kid, mm-hmm. but I, I really don't think he, he paid it much more mind than that. Um, I think for Annabelle, it would be dependent on whether it, this sort of happened before or after the, the dog disappearance. Um, I'm not sure where in right. the timeline of Annabelle, cause she would not be aware of it at all. I feel like she was always interested in mysteries and always sort of like a bold question asker as a kid, but she would not have been aware of it if this was before the dog disappearance, because that's when she really like got into knowing what was happening. Right. So, um, sort of the, the way that I sort of was trying to sort of, um, I guess sort of help guide some of your, your history to sort of also build up towards something here was that you had your first sort of like worldly mystery mm-hmm. um, at like the age of seven. Yeah. I, I, I hear the thing. When, when did the dog happen? I forgot what age you said that was at. 10. 10. Okay. So, you know, you were at first just sort of like interested, almost like in a way, true crime sort of thing. It's right. like, oh, there has to be something going on. And then that's when the dog situation happened. And that's when you were like, whoa, wait a minute. The world is much larger than I thought it was. Yeah. Um, so let's see. If the if the place burned down nine years ago, that you was, know, somewhere right in between those it, two. Yeah, it was right in between. So, you know, your idea for mystery was there, but it wasn't quite, like, it wasn't... Uh, the I need to figure out everything yeah. sort of stage yet. Yeah. Okay. So um, if that's the case, um, the let's see. I'm going to do. Um, let's see, Annabelle. Why don't you read a bad situation? Okay. And that is plus sharp, right? Mm-hmm. All right, so I have eight plus one. I have nine. A nine, okay. Um, so let's see. You get one question. Um, and so this is, you know, this is our first read bad situation. And this is from you guys looking at pictures. Um, uh, and this is sort of going to ha- be, I think, how this episode ends right so you're all sort of gathered around you're doing this google search um you're looking up information and you see the the sort of half burned down church right Mm -hmm. a lot of it has sort of crumbled in and kind of disintegrated and stuff like that from fire and also from having sat there for nine years and it's been um sort of sectioned off you know and it was supposed to be torn down but Mm -hmm. they never really quite got around to it and as you're flipping back and forth between a couple pictures, um, you notice a couple of things. Um, for one thing, there are two pictures that are from different angles, but looking at the same spot. Mm-hmm. And you notice that one of them is from nine years ago, right? When the situation happened, there are two gargoyles there. Um, and sorry, sorry, this is the, this is a photo, sorry, from before it, it burned down. I'm sorry. Uh-huh. Um, and there's two gargoyles on, uh, one of the cornerstones of the, of the church. And then there's a picture that some art student took, you know, where they like, you know, snuck in just about three weeks ago. And, you know, they were like, Ooh, isn't it cool that I'm like kind of breaking into this place and like taking all these like pictures of like all the, um, graffiti and stuff like that that's happened in this burnt down church and they took a photo of the exact same spot and you notice that there's now only one gargoyle there 
Mm. Um, and the last thing I'll tell you before you ask a question um, is you're reading through it and you find that a fire got started during a um, a late service one day. It was a Wednesday night service. They were, um, uh, you know, just doing some of the, the general, uh, you know, s- service stuff. I don't know what to say there. <laughs> church <laughs> um, things. But, uh, you know, church church stuff. Um, you, know, you know, like what churches do, church stuff, TM. <laughs> um, no, but they're, they're holding a service. Um, it's a Wednesday evening. Um, and uh, apparently the uh, pastor was giving a sermon he was speaking and he moved his arm and just sort of flicked his wrist just at the right angle to knock over a giant candle onto part of the tapestry. Um, and it went up in flame very, very quickly. Um, and, uh, almost within an instant, um, the banister in which the tapestry was on came crashing down, uh, and it blocked part of the exit. Um, so everyone was stampeding out through one end as the rest of the building started to catch fire. And most of the congregation that was there made it out. Unfortunately, the pastor and a couple of the choir members um, who were a little older and a little bit slower to be able to get to the doors, um, and just a few people who were kind of closer to the front of the church um, did not make it out, and 11 people uh, died uh, in this fire. And uh, the last thing I will say again before you read your question is, or give me your question rather, is uh, you're looking through all of these, uh, all of these articles, and uh, you hear about. Uh, sorry, and you're, you're reading through, and you read the name Pastor Kent Holmquist, um, and he looks weirdly familiar to you, and you can't quite place it. Pastor Kent Holmquist, um, you know, uh, and his and part of his congregation. Uh, did not make it through the fire, and, and that's that's part of the stuff that you're reading. And again, that, and that's all the stuff that you're reading, and that's when you notice those two photos. Um, I said them a little out of order. I apologize, but <laughs> that's when you notice that one of the gargoyles is missing. Um, so, what is the one question that you would like to ask about this church and everything that you see there? Um, I think are there any dangers we haven't noticed other than the gargoyle moving? Um, yes, there are, there is one other danger, um, that you haven't noticed. Um, as you look through the photos, uh, you notice a couple more things. There is a large book that was at the back of the, um, or at the front rather, you know, like right near the, kind of where near the pulpit was, Mm -hmm. but just a little off to the side. There was a large book on display that was closed, um, and it was sort of out there, you know, almost like a giant tomb uh, of some sort, um, closed and near the pulpit, um, but it was never opened during any of the services. It always sat up there next to the pastor, but was never opened. And in photographs of everything, that is also missing. Hmm. But there also isn't the, like, burned-to-a-crisp like, you know, evidence of that book having been there. The only other danger that you notice is that as you look at uh, the gargoyles uh, in other pictures to sort of try and figure out sort of some situation about it, you notice that the gargoyles in the original photo, not only is one of them missing um, currently based on the old photos, Mm -hmm. but you notice that all the gargoyles are now in different positions. Oh, no. Um, and they are seated, but they aren't necessarily looking menacing. In fact, some of them look horrified. Um, and some of them happen to look exactly like some of the faces on the missing posters that you've seen <gasps> hanging around Russell, Kansas. What? Oh my god. Yikes. Yikes indeed. Awesome. <laughs>
Hi, everybody. I'm Lindsay Reed. I'm Jordan Reed. And this is Chupacabra's number one fan, Molly Reed, our dog. And we are the hosts of Spooky Spouses, a podcast fueled by our love-hate relationship with any and everything paranormal adjacent. We talk about things like urban legends, ghosts, scary movie sets, other ghosts that are maybe a little taller than regular ghosts, cryptozoology, Tom DeLonge, alien hunter, and our creepy neighbor, Crystal Chris. Each week, Lindsay and I will research a topic that we have yet to discuss with one another and talk about it on the show. So if you're not too scared, join us every Monday for Spookies and Giggles. Bye. Bye.